Hello, and welcome to the Out of Control Women podcast, where we navigate the hills and valleys of female leadership and entrepreneurship. Here is the founder of Out of Control Media, your host, Marty Jackson. Hi, friend. Thanks for joining us for this very special episode of the Out of Control Women podcast. We are revisiting our launch back on January 16th of 2020, and boy, we had no idea what in the world this year was going to look like. During this evening, we not only launched the Out of Control Women podcast, but we had our very first guest ever. With us was Bridget Morrissey. Now, we actually went to her for the evening. Bridget launched a co-working space located in New Albany, Indiana, which is right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Kentucky Derby. We had an opportunity to not only see her space, but to spend time in it, talking with her. Now, if you spend any time with Bridget at all, you will find out very quickly how much community means to her. Her entire business is about connecting people and helping them work better. So let's get ready to hear our conversation with Bridget Morrissey from The Root. Today we sit inside the manifestation of what was once a dream. And so I would love for you to help me welcome, although we shouldn't because we're in your house, but we'd like to welcome Bridget Morrissey, please, to join us for our first podcast. Bridget, thank you. And thank you for letting us really come into your house. I mean. It Absolutely, is. that's what it was designed to be. Tell, tell us a little bit, if you will, because um, we are, we're glad to be here tonight. Uh, we have people that are joining us online, um, and, and they haven't had maybe a chance to come through the space yet. Um, but I, can you tell us, what, it, what is The Root? What is your business about? Yeah, so The Root is a co-working space, and co-working is essentially a shared office space. It's for remote workers. It's for startups, it's for freelancers, entrepreneurs, anybody that can work from anywhere. And how it's designed is um, we basically provide office amenities uh, for people that don't have a physical space or don't want to pay the overhead for it. So we provide things like coffee and snacks. You can hook up to our Wi-Fi, you can print. Um, We have conference rooms. Um, We have event space. We also put on events. we have business mailboxes, but the biggest value add that a co-working space provides is community um, and the networking and collaboration um, because our members are so diverse and you just never know what's going to come from it. That's incredible. I, um, I've had the privilege to come down here and so we're going to kind of unpack a little bit that community piece, but I was wondering if you could take us back to the moment where this was just an idea. It's, it's not what we sit in, uh, which you just had your one year anniversary, is that correct? We did. Okay, so yes. you've been here a year. So can you take us back though, what it, before it was a dream even, it was, it was just an idea. What, what, what happened? Um, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> Everything felt out of control in that moment. Um, but I graduated from Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina, and I moved home with every intention of moving away. Um, I had big plans and wanted to live a big life and um, for one reason or another ended up back here and that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, My dad 
was a dentist for 30 years. And when I was still in school, he was walking down some steps at our house and he fell and he broke his wrist and he had surgery and his wrist didn't heal correctly. So he had to sell his business. Um, he was forced into an early retirement and I had been freelancing at the time, but didn't enjoy it as much, still trying to find direction. And so we were sitting in his kitchen and we were both in the same boat. We were both career hunting. And so we were talking one night about our dreams, about our purpose, about what we wanted to get out of our life and how our career and our passion could align and collide. And my dad said, well, I heard office space in, and is in demand. And um, he said, my, my friend said that uh, cubicle farms do, do pretty well. And as a millennial, I cringed at that phrase. <laughs> that sounded awful. I've never been a nine to fiver. Um, never liked the, you know, the, the pencil skirts or anything like that. And so I said, okay, office space sounds great, but have you heard of co-working? He said, no. So I explained it to him and he still didn't get it. So we went back to Greenville, South Carolina, which is actually where I had first heard of the co-working concept. And we toured one of the spaces and, um, when we walked out, we looked at each other and said, I think we can do this. Um, and, and then here we are. <laughs> here, here, here you are. But you um, actually had an idea before that. There was a project you did as a student oh. that you wrestled around with a little bit. Did that inform your decision then from a student, like the creativity? So I had taken a class. Um, I actually played basketball um, my entire life. and. That's what led me to Furman. I earned a scholarship and I was just a studio art major. Um, and so we had to stay on campus. And at the time I did not like that, but I was able to sign up for a class called Design Strategy for Social Change. And that struck a chord with me immediately. Um, I knew as a creative um, that I wanted to incorporate that into my job and into my life, but I didn't know how. And so that's what Marty was referring yes. to. Now this idea is exactly how I'm, I'm carrying that out. <laughs> Which I love because you had this passion, you had this giftedness, you had these things that really kind of illuminated you, but then you had that idea and that mm -hmm. come together. So tell me what was your moment where you couldn't go back? <laughs> I've had a lot of those. Because <laughs> you don't just have one. We, we've mm -hmm. talked about that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, especially the hard days. Um, I have to remind myself that it's a little too late. But I would say the first time it happened, um, I went through the ISBDC, which is the Indiana Small Business Development Center. And it is a free service. It's a nonprofit. And you get paired up with a business advisor. They take you through your business plan. They help you secure funding. Um, they put you in front of the right resources. And we sat down and we were about to <coughs> sign. Um, we had secured a horseshoe loan for $50,000. And <laughs> before we signed, she said, 
Now, you, you realize this is a lot of money and <laughs> you are held responsible for this. So you have to take this seriously. And she calls herself a dream squisher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and a lot of times that's how I felt when I left. But no, overall, she was great. Um, so I would say that's when it became very real, uh, was when a, a lot of money was involved and once we started the renovation. <laughs> Now, you did a video, and, and we will drop it into the link, and we'll send it out to everybody so that they can see it, but where you walked through the space and it, as it was being done, mm -hmm. out in the courtyard particularly, when it was still open kind of in the back, mm -hmm. there was kind of a sense of, what have I done? Do you, do you ever feel like that anymore, or are you past that? I think I'm past it now. Um, so much of how I operate is based on feeling, um, that's not always wise, but uh, I try to trust that, that guiding voice. Everybody has that voice inside their head. For me, it's God. For somebody, it's uh, your mom. Maybe it's, it's karma. It's the universe. Um, but, but for me, um, when I feel it internally, I, I think I know it's right. Mm -hmm. And my dad and I, from the beginning, we... So our business advisor, the dream squisher, <laughs> she, when we were refining our business plan, kept asking me, who's your target market? Who are you trying to attract into the space that directs your entire marketing plan? And I said, I have no idea. We, we don't really know who needs it. Um, but we, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves right away. Um, we want to see who's interested first, and then we'll let the community guide where we go from there. Um, kind of blanked. It's okay. Um, so after that, <laughs> um, I still operated on this feeling, and we just knew that even though we didn't know who would come, we knew it was needed. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> here we are a year later, and that's what's happened. We've had an explosion with membership and community buy-in. Um, I was talking a little bit earlier with the group that toured with me about the diversity of just the industries represented in here. It's people, um, for, we have lawyers, we have mechanical engineers, um, we have a number of startups. Um, we have a medical device startup, we have a dentistry startup, um, mm -hmm. we have a lot of startup services. Um, we have a ton of branding and marketing and copywriters and creatives of all kinds. Um, we have podcasters. Thanks for being here. Um, <laughs> CBD companies. Um, we have people from Adrian's. We have Elderberry. They're a member here. Um, we're about to get representatives from the city in here. We have sewing tourism here. Um, so it's What's been incredible for me is to see even these larger organizations starting to see the value of being in the epicenter of the city. We talk about in, in Out of Control, um, we, want to take, we want to put the humble back in the hustle. We want to take kind of that nasty out of networking mm -hmm. because we want women to be able to come together and talk about the challenges of leadership and, and growing their business mm -hmm. and, and to have that. And we've talked, you and I, quite extensively about community because in essence 
you're not just providing space as your business, but you're you're integrating community. And I know that you have events and you have different things, but um, can you talk a little bit about how, I, I know some of the logistics of how you've joined their team, mm -hmm. but, but really you bring a lot of people together, which is what we hope to do, which is to bring people together to talk with one another. But can you talk a little bit about some of the events that you do outside of just that nine to five space? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of events. <laughs> um, the ones that I'm probably most passionate about, we have one called Heart Behind the Art. Um, so we feel like we really have kind of found a niche in a way. Um, we, we focus a lot on startups and the creative community. And so Heart Behind the Art kind of addresses both of those because it's, it's people that are pursuing their passion in art, but they're trying to make a career out of it. Um, and so what we do, we feature half a dozen local artists each time, and it is art on all canvases. So we've had barbers in here, we've had tattoo artists, uh, culinary chefs and mixologists, we've had muralists and graffiti artists. Um, if you look around you, um, these are all Heart Behind the Art artists. So it's experiential. Anybody that can demo what they do or showcase what they do, um, we have them set up um, so you can interact with the artists, you can get to know them a little bit. And then the last hour is uh, sit down, we sit down in our living room over there. We, we are not about formalities here. We, we love uh, everybody to relax and feel comfortable whenever they come in. Um, and my friend MCs, and he asks one question. Um, so he says, uh, how do you see the role of the artist in your medium today? And then we pass the mic around. And what's incredible is that these artists are so transparent and uh, express their vulnerabilities in a way that uh, you can't really mimic. And mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't just tell you how it is, it's, it's a feeling. It's a feeling whenever you come in here into this space. Um, so we're very proud of that. We have a lot of really exciting events this year coming up that I'll share with you in the future. Um, another one, we're about to launch a One Million Cups chapter, mm -hmm. which that is a, a national group started by the Kauffman Foundation. Mm -hmm. And that is specifically for entrepreneurs to collaborate and problem solve. So it's designed for um, startups, even small businesses um, from zero to five years in. And they do a short presentation, about six to 10 minutes. But it, instead of just saying, here's who I am and here's what we do, you talk about a struggle you're having or um, at your stage in the game, you know, what, what are some of the problems? What are some of your pain points? And then the audience is actually supposed to be curated with seasoned entrepreneurs that can then help you whiteboard the solution. So after you give your presentation, it's followed by a 20-minute Q&A um, where it's very interactive and, and the audience is essentially helping you. Um, so that is going to be Wednesday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Uh, Starlight Coffee is going to provide every time. Um, and this one is actually Rich Bowling from TechShot and uh, Jim Book from Starlight. Um, so it's really supposed to highlight businesses that you would never even know existed mm -hmm. in Southern Indiana. Um, we also have a group called Network and Chill. 
so if anybody's familiar with the Netflix and chill, it's kind of a, a play on that. Um, so that was started by two of, of my, I call them my tribe now, because they're just so aligned with our mission and what we do. Um, but it's a guy named Chris Red. He's into angel investing. Um, and then a guy named Ricky Mason, he's a startup founder. So he has Kentucky Agritech, which is, uh, he helps soybean farmers. He provides technology to make their, their travel and their production more efficient. And then he has another startup called Brainstem University. So he goes into under, underserved communities and teaches kids about robotics, about arts, about science, um, anything of that sort. Um, so there are two guys that are just extremely invested in giving back to the community and they saw a need that while we have all of these great organizations, um, sometimes it feels forced, like there's a forced connection and what they're doing is so great and it's needed, but we're missing that grassroots movement from the entrepreneurs themselves who are the ones going through these problems. and so. They saw this as a great way to um, be inclusive, be authentic, bring in speakers that are uh, very relevant and topical. Um, so we've had a woman named Dion Stokes. She has a business called The Failure Report. So she talked about how we should be celebrating failure yes. <laughs> and failing fast. Yes. And um, you know, why as a culture failure is bad. Um, we've had a guy named Mac Wilkinson, and he has a startup called Moolathon, where you can raise money by getting fit. Um, so again, just incredible speakers that aren't normally on the circuit. Um, what else do we have? I could keep going. All I know, night. right? I now could. you understand why I sit with Bridget. And I <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll just I'll write everything down. I'll just do it all. <laughs> tell me, um, tell me shortly, if you will, a little bit of what you have coming up and then you also have an offer that you want to leave with us that I, I want to hear before you leave. Absolutely. So, what do we have coming up? Oh, do we have, do we have something to say, please? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> so, <laughs> just this week, we actually launched an initiative called The Root Recycles. And what we're trying to do is be sustainable, promote holistic living, and we want to give back to the community that's given so much to us. And so we want to we want to clean up, and we want to create community around it. And so what we're going to do starting on Monday during business hours, but I will stay here afterwards if you all still want to drop off your recycling. But we just want to make it more accessible. We want to make it easy, and we want to make it fun. Um, so we're gonna have bins outside. We're collecting aluminum, plastic, and glass. And I have a friend, his name is David Gramlin, and he came up to me and said, hey, do you know any startups, local community businesses that are trying to do recycling initiatives? And I said, uh, hey, <laughs> we are. We're trying to do that, what you got? So he basically is addressing not the community, not the United States, the world's recycling issue and, and how much waste we have um, that's just floating around or going to landfills. Um, but he is going to start at the root. So he has a scalable business model. What's up, Juan? Everybody say hi to the, the guy back there. <laughs> He's awesome. 
say hi to him afterwards. Um, so he has a machine that can break down these recycled materials and he can uh, compress them and then sell them back to the manufacturer. Um, so that's what our cans and our glass and our plastic, that's what that is going towards. So a lot of times people feel um, deterred from even wanting to because we hear that, oh, the trash, the, the trash guys, they just throw it right into the dumpster or their, their pickup truck, whatever it is. Um, but it's going to our friend and then we're going to organize community cleanups around it. So any of our members or anybody else that needs a break from lunch, want to walk around the city, we're going to take trash bags, we're going to pick up trash, clean up our community. So um, we really are trying to create this big movement around it. So. So you're always looking for opportunities to, to partner and support your community outside of your walls, always. not just the community within your walls. Can you all see why I just love sitting with Bridget? <laughs> Can you all thank her for her time and for hosting Hey, thanks so much again for joining us for this very special edition of the Out of Control Women podcast. Now, if you were able to be at our live event, you got to see for yourself the incredible root space. But if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, we want to encourage you to go to www.therootworkspace.com and take a look at it for yourself. You can also find ways to connect on social media with Bridget Morrissey. A few other friends that we wanted to tell you about and part of the Out of Women Collective are Jenny Watson from the Elderberry Co., you can head to theelderberryco.com or you can follow her on Instagram. If you want to go beyond traditional marketing and you want it to be relational and authentic, then I want to encourage you to find Samantha Couch on Instagram and you can also find her at Pitch and Catch Creative. And last but certainly not least, the woman who has designed everything for out-of-control women. She helps us manage our projects, and we just would be lost if she wasn't part of our team, Corey Horbath. You can find her at Lola Blue Design on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks so much for being here with us and for celebrating this very special evening.